fascinating gadgets. Gizmos. And gear based technologies. All right, welcome to the show today. My name is Daniel J. Glenn, and I'm known as the Analytical Mastermind. And today I'm sitting here with the superhero scientist, the uh, certified genius, Dr. Michael Denon. Thank you for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Great to be here. And uh, so you are the physicist. Um, you're the creative type. You like to write things on paper. And then there's always a man who can make these things a reality. And for us, that is Ben Seepser, who is a rocket scientist, resides at an undisclosed location, works at an undisclosed facility, and yet is a rocket scientist nonetheless. That is correct. Ben, thanks for being on the program. Glad to be here. Uh, so now let's talk about something that I know nothing about, which is not a situation you'll find me in very often. But uh, we are going to so let's talk Star Trek here. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually seen an episode, but I will tell you the power of that show. I know all the people. I know all the alien races. I know all the technology uh, without ever having seen an episode. Um, you know, it's kind of like everyone knows Ross and Rachel. I've never seen an episode of Friends. You know, I would I would equate those almost on both sides of an equal sign. You know what gotcha. I mean? Gotcha. So Star Trek, lots of technology going on here. Lots of stuff that's rooted in real world physics. Um, what's your favorite thing, Dennis? Probably my favorite thing is warp drive. Mm, okay. Because I I still hold out that we are missing the physics. I mean, there's physics we don't know out there. That's true. Mm -hmm. And that we're missing the physics that actually makes the warp drive possible. Okay. Um, on, on the theory that it's just been in too much science fiction to not be doable. I know that's a not necessarily a scientific I don't think that's a watershed for science. Uh, but I, I do think it's... So here's my other uh, very non-scientific opinion. <laughs> yeah. If we don't get a warp drive and are able to visit the rest of space, that's just a lot of wasted space. Sure. No, that's very true. Um, so. There's a little science in that. No, there is some. But it, it really is, I think, you know, it, it's the nice thing about Star Trek. They don't necessarily try and explain exactly how it works, which is good because we don't know how it works. Mm -hmm. um, but there is, uh, loosely speaking, uh, general relativity allows us to bend space and time. Mm -hmm. So it's not inconceivable that we can warp space mm -hmm. and, and equivalently, you know, get places faster than light would. You don't actually move faster than light, you just change space around you and do it in an indirect way. So to me, that's the coolest, most exciting, fun thing in Star Trek. Well, I want you to hang on to that concept. I will second, hang on to that because we're going to come right back to that. Uh, ben, what is your favorite part of Star Trek? I think I think I really like the replicators, hmm. which okay. we'll also, I think, get back to. <laughs> I think we may hang on to that too. But we'll, I just like the idea of the post... I like the idealization, especially of the next generation Star Trek, of the post-scarcity society where everybody, you know, where things are available for everybody. And through mm -hmm. the magic of replication, you know, we don't, you don't have to worry about feeding people or, you know, money or any of that stuff. But then how do the rich stay in power? Uh, you're 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 completely removing all the societal pressures and hierarchies that exist, no matter whether scarcity is solved or not. Seems to work in the show. <laughs> that, fair enough. I, I guess if uh, if enough things think about that, it'll happen, just like warp drive, right? If enough science fiction shows deal with warp drive, I think it's, 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 it's all on the charisma of Jean-Luc Picard. That's uh, fair enough. Uh, it's the spontaneous combustion kind of theory. Okay, so let's get into the matter transporter, which is what I thought you guys were going to go with, because most people love the trans. Transporter from Star Trek. 
Um, but you guys mentioned a couple of things we're going to get into. But So this, the transporters, basically, they're on the ship, uh, and this is the whole beam me up Scotty thing, right? But yes. that's going up. That's going back into the ship. That's going back into the ship. Yeah. You go both directions. Did you ever say beam me down? Yes. Um, he does. Did you ever say beam me up? They, they may not. I, who knows? <laughs> That's the only one I know. All I know but is it, beam me it, up. It, it, it's sort of like most movie quotes. It may or may not actually exist <laughs> anywhere in the movie. Uh, that's very. Uh, that's something we're going to come back to as well, uh, because that's a very interesting phenomenon. So let's talk about the matter transporter. Now, this is. I think people love the idea of being able to travel great distances instantaneously, um, or to to move down. You know, to to move from a ship to a, the planet or an Earth surface or whatever planet surface. It's a cool, fun concept. It is. How far? How close are we to this? It depends. I think what you're looking to transport and what you mean by it. Okay. Um, what do you mean by it? Let's start. So, there. well, I'll start with what we could do right now, right? We 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 have um, printers, right, that can print stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, yes, plastics we and uh, well, plastics and other shapes. You mean three D printers? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I sh- should have put the word three D in front of yeah, it. I was like, then, yeah. Then you would have known know what you're going. Talking you looked about. at me like for yeah. a response. I'm like, yeah, we've had printers for years. Where are you going with this? So we have three D printers. So it's it's pretty easy to imagine if you want just something at the other end far away you 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 can even we even have the ability to scan objects um and to kind of get their general shape so you take object a and you want to transport it quote unquote make it go somewhere else you you figure out what it is you send the description of it and your 3d printer makes it and now you've moved it from point a to point b sort of Right. So you, you've got pieces of it that we can already do. So you've got a building block to start thinking about. Um, I, 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 the one main issue, I think, uh-huh. like a, a piece that you still need is what does it mean to make a person, right? We're, we're all, I mean, and we might be happy really with just matter transporting stuff, right? That might just be a big step forward that gets everyone excited. Like your luggage won't get lost because you know mm-hmm. you're going to beam it there right away, even though you get there later on the airplane. I don't know. Um, well, but the, the functioning human is 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 really hard. So there's a couple of different paths to this. Yes. So the path we're going to explore first is the transporting the information to a location and then replicating it there. Uh, right. Which goes into the replicated thing yeah. you were talking about. It's similar concept. All right, so let's let's go, let's let's travel on that path for a second. Um, so Ben, how possible is that right now? Well, as uh, Dan was saying, we can do that for stuff. So it's very <laughs> easy to mm-hmm. print plastics, print metals, print. Um, Food. I, th- yeah, I know, I think I know they've done food. it with like candy and things like well, that. I, I, so, so here's a big innovation that's going on right now. This is incredible. This is this this is the fact. We're gonna blow our minds. Mind. I'm gonna blow your mind here. This is incredible. There's uh, there are several companies that are doing organic tissue 3D printing. Oh yeah. Um, yes. So there's two specifically, BioLife 4D and Prelis. Uh, they are basically creating patient specific biological pieces, hearts, yeah. livers, uh, you know, um, they're doing adrenal glands, uh, not adrenal glands, insulin glands, um, or producers, I don't think they're actually glands. Anyway, I'm not a m- medical guy who does biological stuff, but they're basically creating biological pieces that you can then, with your own cells, that you can stick in your body so there's no rejection or anything like that. So this yeah. happens. So, you, so uh, you know, following that train of thought, what you're saying is you could, if it was possible, 
categorize and, and organize in and, and whatever you want to say, every aspect of your body, every molecule, put it in order and replicate it with biological fundamental pieces, um, you know, not, organic and inorganic biological pieces, right? From a conceptual standpoint, it's certainly possible. Mm -hmm. You have information theory issues, though, because mm -hmm. the amount of information it takes to record what is you as a human is much, much bigger than really any amount of information we can conceive of. The, it's a it's a terrifying amount of information. When you terrifying think of, amount of when information? When you think about, if, if you want to, say, recreate your consciousness, as far as we can, we, we're pretty confident that it's important, at least in your brain, where like every, maybe not molecule atom is, but probably where every molecule is to mm -hmm. recreate your thoughts. And certainly it's very important to uh, take into account like the charge and electrical levels and ion levels of all the different cells and little bits inside your brain. And that amount of information is just huge. It's, it's trillions, maybe even quadrillions of times more than what you can even store in like all of the internet. Well, but hold on a second. So when my first computer yes. right, was a 1.6 gigabyte hard drive. And I had a friend tell me that I would never fill that up for yeah. as long as I lived. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have a 1.6 terabyte, which is a thousand times yep. the, that, right? So, and that's in, the, I'm not going to date myself, but that was not in that long of a time, right? Yeah. So, so I'm impressed your first was already in gigabytes, but I'm not going <laughs> to tell you what mine was. No, that's all right. <laughs> that's fair enough. But my, my point stands that, you know, the amount of information that we can store, and that's going to increase exponentially, right? It, it, it will, but the, you're talking about, you know, over 10 years, we increased by, a, you know, a power of 10. We're, we're talking about much, much, much right. bigger increases. And, right. and there's fundamental physics problems that are going to, going to arise. The amount, we're talking about pieces of information that are, the amount of information of the state of like your brain is more than they're like atoms in the universe. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I know that. But, no, but hold on a second. So, the, but the answer to that is shortcuts, right? Like, you know, a URL, a, a website address, they're really long. But with social media came along and all of a sudden you have to have shortened URLs. So you stick it inside a shortcut creator and it basically creates little shortcuts that make your long URL five characters or 20 characters or whatever. Well, Can't you do that with the same information? That's, you, I would say what we don't know mm -hmm. is you could probably do that with the information that just makes your physical body. Mm -hmm. right? So if you wanted to make you with a functioning brain, you, we could probably at some point store that information. I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that we could store the information that makes a person and makes them functioning. What Ben's pointing out is you, I sort of want to make you. Right. Right, well, with memories yeah. and all that. And there's an even bigger problem than the amount of information. We don't even know what the right information is. Right. It's unclear to us what it is about the state of the, your neurons in your brain. Mm -hmm. Right. What, what are the right relations? What are the things we need to get right? So not knowing what we need to get right makes it very hard to make the um, shortcut tool. But eventually you're going, we're going to know. That's Just like a eventually a 1.6 goes into a 1.6 terabyte. Possibly. I mean, that, that's, to me, that's one of the exciting, cool things about the research into consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's an area of science and physics that it's a little unclear, particularly given quantum mechanics. Um, what we will be able to learn about what makes you you. Mm -hmm. 
particularly given how you are changing over time in interesting ways. Yeah. So it, it's you could imagine it being doable. So there is a path where it's possible, but you could imagine that we just haven't learned the right physics yet. And there is, just like you can't travel faster than the speed of light moving like mm-hmm. in normal ways. If you're ever going to do it, you have to do something sneaky with general relativity. Shortcuts. There is a sh- possible shortcut. There may be a shortcut around getting you, you, when mm-hmm. you recreate it, but there also, it may be turned out to be like the speed of light thing. There may be a fundamental reason you can't get you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, that's where it's kind of interesting and open and exciting. But you are right, Dan, I think that the basic principle um, of copying and then rebuilding is just kind of there. We've done that. Mm-hmm. There is the philosophical, ethical question. Let's suppose I can copy you. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only way I, I do it is by taking all the information about you, sending the information and rebuilding you. Are there now two yous? What do I do with the you that's here? Right. And there's a whole black market. If you can have that information, you can right. sell it. Let's say I yeah. wanted somebody. Uh, I mean, this gets into real creepy territory, so I'm not going to stay in here very right. long. Right. Yeah, we're really <laughs> going yeah. down the yeah. dark side here. <laughs> <laughs> but you could, you could totally do that. I mean, there's all kinds. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. That just popped into my head. But also, on the other side of that, right, there's just a Rick and Morty episode on this. What if you could Which is it, the source of all knowledge. Well, if it happens enough times, right? Yeah. That, that's your That's That you, was ben. my statement. That's yeah. you. I'm just quoting you. So is, is it possible that, let's say we could recreate ourselves. What if we could create a better version of ourselves? and get rid of the crappy versions or the crappy things about us, right? What if you could, an, you know, like We're really it? going down. That's kind of cool, though. You yeah, but what's it. the crappy parts of you? I don't know. I, you decide. Oh, you decide. Oh, that's right. even scarier. Or or you can create, I mean, I guess what would happen with the consciousness thing. I think that that's really the tough nut to crack yeah. here. Yeah. But you, couldn't you download yourself into something and then transfer it into the body? Instead of like creating another you, I don't think I think that then you're really getting into the the area. Uh, I'm not a religious man, but I think that only higher powers can really transfer the essence that is you, the li- the spark of life. If Dr. Frankenstein's monster taught us anything, well, I mean, if you download yourself into a computer, you're still going to be in your body, unless you you know kill the body, like. Like Lawnmower Man, what if you could just go into it, like take your everything out, the, the electrical but, impulses of your brain and trans- store them someplace? I mean, I, I, you are not the electrical impulses. You are the cells. You are the... You, so, your consciousness is not just the, the electricity. It's, it's everything. And if you're going to copy, if you're going to try to download that somewhere and, re- and run it in like a brain emulator, you're going to end up copying it. You're not going to end up... A brain emulator? Do they have so, those? So, so I'm, can I go into like really Actually, weird we physics for a moment? To yeah, I prefer it. Wait, there are brain. Well, I want to get this brain emulator first. Okay. Well, so, so, so we have artificial. We have uh, models of neurons that we can run in computers. Uh-huh. And so we can't do it for humans because human brains are just way too big. We don't have the processing power to do stuff like that. But we can recreate the brains of like really little boring creatures what about like a dog i know what my dog not thinking. even a dog no like dog, that would be cool not even mammals like think like bugs or um, <laughs> like what a cockroach is thinking i forget if they can do a cockroach but well how low are we going well cockroaches might have i'm trying to i can't like a remember. bacteria what a bacteria is thinking no because no, bacteria don't have uh our single cells so there's no right. brain there okay. but basically creatures that have like, like a flatworm yeah like think exactly okay. like things like flatworms fruit flies things that have you know, on the order of hundreds of neurons. Uh-huh. We know we've recreated those brains in simulation, and then you can kind of figure out how they work. 
because we know how neurons work to some degree and in simpler creatures like that where they don't have the higher brain types of brain cells that humans and mammals wow. do you can you can simulate it and figure out what's going on. Wait, so can you input it like a stimuli, like, hey, we're sh shining light, and then see how that brain would react to light, to any stimuli you could artificially... Yeah, ba basically, yeah. They've, they've figured out, like in a cockroach, that like if you, you know, twiddle the antenna, that, that makes, you know, part of the lobe of the... It's not even a brain. It's like just a kind of a jumble of uh, nerve, nerve cells. Right. And so they know that if you trigger the antenna, that triggers some of the cells and that causes the cockroach to turn. That was also in a Rick and Morty episode yeah. recently. A right. different yeah. Rick and Morty episode, but Yeah, but, but that's a, that's a real thing. You can buy a kit to do that where you hook up electrodes to the cockroach and you can Oh, that's not a dark control place. It. That's not a dark place. Man, this this is a, dark, a dark episode. <laughs> Who knew that Star Trek would take us in these roads? That's insane. Okay, yeah. so that's really creepy. Okay. So let's let's go can, back. Can so we do like weird quantum things? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. So, since we've been creepy. Yeah. So, he, here's one of the things you've asked a question, higher powers brain, where's your consciousness, right? Well, yeah. Essentially so, that's what I'm asking. Right. So, uh, one, one analogy I like to use when talking about, like, where's the you that's you, mm -hmm. right? Which might get around the copying thing. Okay. So at a quantum mechanic level, we, we are a wave function. And, mm -hmm. I mean, don't worry too much about that, what that is. That's, that's a fancy term for the state that you're in. Like mm -hmm. just, and it, it's what we use to mathematically describe who, who the thing is, what it is, what state it's in. So if we think of a very simple system an electron and an anti-electron. So antimatter does exist, that's real. Mm -hmm. um, and an electron and an anti-electron are all pretty much, they're just like each other except one's negatively charged, the electron, and the positron or the anti-electron is positively charged. It's what Bizarro Superman's made out of. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the two of them can annihilate and release two particles of light, two photons, right? So you have a process that starts with an electron and an anti-electron and becomes two photons. But it's the same wave function all the way through, okay? okay? It's the same state from that point of view. Parts of it change, but one part that always stays the same is the charge, the total charge. Okay. So if we understood the wave function of you well enough, mm -hmm. that is where I'm gonna go very, very extreme here, very, very on the edge and take a big risk. Right. That if that's what we want to get somewhere else, it's not that big of a risk. Right. Yeah. No. Well, the analogy <laughs> is like getting yeah. the fact that this wave function is zero charge somewhere else. OK, so you start somewhere over here. You have your electron, your positron, you annihilate them, you send them off as photons and then maybe you recombine them, which you can do and get an electron and a positron back. OK. And along the way, what's come and been conserved is zero charge. OK, this is an incredibly simplified version of I do something over here. I preserve yourself, whatever that is in the wave function, but I mess with the rest of the wave function. Mm -hmm. Send what I have now somewhere else. So in photons, you tr transfer maybe it into photons, photons. Maybe something else, whatever it is. I send it somewhere else. I reverse the quantum process. Mm -hmm. It may or may not be exactly like you over here, but that core piece that we called yourself is the piece I managed to conserve through the whole process. Okay. I don't know how you would even begin to do this or what it would look like, but yeah. there's an analogy here that makes it seem a little possible that you could do some sort of transporting of self. This is like extreme science fiction at the moment, but I thought I'd throw it out there since we went down the dark place of like steering right. cockroaches. Why not <laughs> and, talk and about hiring sex slaves by just right. buying their body? Yeah. So why not? Why not have you know quantum wave functions and conserve sure. charge and have that turn into 
transporting a person's consciousness. I don't know. I like your I like your approach because basically, like, <laughs> you take like a turd bomb and you just throw it in and it splatters everywhere. Then everyone's like, "Oh, how do we make that? We got to clean it up now." Right? Yeah, exactly. So now we got to clean up what you just said and turn it into something functional. And you're talking about qu- so there's actually been quantum teleportation. Uh, which which happened earlier this summer. There has, and it, it it's funny though that quantum teleportation. I don't know why the word teleportation ever got associated with it because it's, it's not the teleportation we want, but it is fun. Yeah, cause it's fun. That's why. That's what's clickbait. Yeah. You know, like you, yep. you want to read about it. So so it happened. So it happened. Yes, yeah, so and, and there it's, it's essentially what I transferring just, information is all. That it's is. transferring, but it's exactly sort of what I just described to you. It involves the fact that there's something about. If I have two particles, say two pieces of light, two, an electron and a positron, when I think of it as a whole system, there's often things about it that are conserved. And in this case, they generally use the spin, whether it's spinning up or spinning down and what its total spin is. So I make my two particles. I send one way far away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in this case, they're actually sending them out to the moon, if I recall. Yeah. Right? I send the satellites at like or, a couple or of satellites, miles yeah. Up, yeah. So I send them really far away. And if I measure the spin of the ones I sent far away and I get, say, up, and I know it has to be up plus down, then what I'm going to get over here is down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can get these things. They're called correlated. And, and unfortunately, there's no way quite yet to use it to communicate. You sort of have to know a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning, and you don't know anything more at the end than you knew at the beginning. But it is really cool to show that these things are somehow linked across great distances. Yeah. Um, and we don't really – it shows the wave function is real. Mm-hmm. So it shows I'm not totally insane. Right. Or Only partially. Been. Right. They make great, they're great for encryption. But that's yes, and, and they would be really, really good for encryption. That's where people are hoping to use it. And the quantum internet, which is similar or different? Oh, or quantum computing, which is similar. Quantum computing, that's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So the, it kind of surprised me that that was like what they wanted to go for when it seems like teleportation is the fun thing. But like yeah, the quantum no, tel- internet or quantum computing is like, ah, it's fine. It's probably going to happen. Now, that might help solve a little bit your information thing because quantum computing gets more like the human brain. You no longer have to save your data as just ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. You get to save data in much larger chunks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. You could. Oh, shortcuts. Oh, is that a shortcut? Oh, what I said earlier. Could be. Could be. Uh, but you are an analytical mastermind. I, I you, you plan fully, right, beginning <laughs> to end, connect it all together. I did. Uh, so speaking of connecting it all together, let's let's go away from the 3D printing aspect because I actually think this is a very weird thing to think about because it doesn't really do what you want to do because I don't want to make another copy of me. Right. That's the last thing in the world I want to do. <laughs> um, what I want to do is take myself, this body here, and move it someplace else. So let's go back to your uh, your thing about moving space and time. Okay. Can we use that somehow to, to make space connect to itself in a loop that you just kind of step across the border or compress space and time to step across that border? Well, or those can, two different things? Can I take a step back for a second? Well, we're trying to go forward. I know, but you have to go two steps back to go three forward. Only if you go forward, you can do it. So... I would just like to point out, as much as it made absolutely no sense to anyone but me, yeah. my wave function analogy does what you want. You don't end up with a copy of you. You actually end up at the other end. Right. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. So uh, just, I wanted to point out, I've already solved your problem for you, Dan. <laughs> sort but, of. Well, because I was going to ask Ben how we can make it possible. but Yeah, that won't happen. I don't think yeah. that's going to. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. That's, we the, don't tur- know. that's the turd but, bomb. But, I don't want him to clean it up. But, but the bending space I love. That's another one. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm still not sure Ben can make it possible and happen yet. Um, yeah. But it's at least what we call a solution to general relativity. 
Uh-huh. General yeah. relativity is our theory that explains how space works. And it is possible mathematically mm-hmm. to take space, stretch it, bend it, twist it, do all sorts of weird things to it. Yeah. So you can imagine taking the point very far away that you want to get to, actually moving it right next to you, stepping there, and then unstretching it again. So that could happen. And that's a great it, idea. It's certainly a solution in general relativity. Mm-hmm. Now, there's engineering problems. There's, yeah, energy, there's problems. energy problems. I'm going to turn this over to Ben, who will solve it yeah. for us. So g- generally, the, 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 the way we know to bend space is with big masses. Uh-huh. To use a, a very big mass, which has a very big gravity field. And when you have a big gravity field, you bend space. Like mm-hmm. if you've, you've seen those you know, models of, you know, the sun sitting on a, on the fabric of space and there's a big oh, dip yeah, yeah. into it. So mm-hmm. th- the theory is with a big enough object, you can bring two ends together, basically. That's how I understand yeah. it. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's probably something like a black hole. <laughs> and how do you just manifest and demanifest black holes is definitely a problem and would require more energy than we really <laughs> know how to generate. But that's the basics of it is you create a big enough gravity well that allows you to move in the new folded or bend, bent space and then you take away the gravity well and all of a sudden you're really far away. Well, so I don't that, know how you do it. So that, that's interesting. <laughs> so there, there are two things that I want to talk about. When the CERN particle collider started, one of the big fears was that they were going to create mini black holes. Yeah. Right? Is that possible? I mean, obviously, keeping one and stabilizing it and like weaponizing uh, it, I guess. But could is it possible to create a miniature black hole through I, particle collision? I mean, it's you can think of the compressed matter as a black hole, but it'll evaporate. Like it won't, it won't have the properties of a black hole like a real black hole does because it won't, it won't have enough mass to hold itself together. Like mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, it'll radiate itself back out. It doesn't have an event horizon like it would need to, to keep itself Hawking together. Hawking waves. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, okay. So let me ask something else. Th- now this is, you want to talk about the weird stuff, Denon? Let me talk about the weird stuff. I brought this up in one of our panels earlier. Uh, so this, this has to do with a guy named John Teeter, who was um, a space traveler, suppo- or a time traveler, supposedly. And so the whole idea basically is that he came in like 2003, I believe, did some posts and put um, schematics of his machine on there. And a lot of the schematics actually hold up to engineers. They'd say like this could be possible. Uh, So the idea basically was that he harnessed the power of one or two black holes and was able to bend space and time to be able to travel back in time. Now, the way time is he understood it, which actually made a lot more sense to me was that you can never really go back to the time that you came from because time kind of is like a cone. So the point of origin, as you move away from it, you can't really get back to it without adjustments for like the multiverse or whatever. But is it, so that's time travel. So I, let's forget that for a second. But is it possible if you, could, if you could control two black holes, could it work like that? Like if, if it was possible to stabilize a black hole? Possibly. I think, I think the more challenging piece, so we're used to, what are we used to manipulating? We're used to manipulating electricity people. and magnetism. Oh, and people. And, yeah, electricity right. and magnetism. But electricity, if you look at all of our technology, it's based on electricity. Okay. Right? And magnets and magnetism. And, and one of the reasons we're so successful with that is electricity and magnetism have both attraction and repulsion. Mm-hmm. Right? You have positive and negative charges. You have a north and south pole. Now the poles can't be separated, but you're there. And if you think about it, that ability to both attract and repel is probably one of the strongest features of why successful we were with electricity and magnetism. 
Also, it's much stronger than gravity, but mm-hmm. but fundamentally not. So you really want to look for, is there such a thing? Gravity only attracts. That makes it harder to deal with. Is there a repulsive force out there? And again, on the cutting edge of what we don't know, we have discovered the universe is accelerating, which means there is some overall repulsion to gravity going on. Mm-hmm. We've named that dark energy, mm-hmm. which is different than the dark space we went Right, so, very, very different. <laughs> you know, other episodes in this one. So when you look at dark energy, what's exciting about it from this perspective is we don't know what it is. Mm. So given that that opens up an opportunity that if it is something that can be like the negative charge to the positive charge, mm-hmm. right, where we get attraction and repulsion, mm-hmm. then you have a possibility, I think, of manipulating um, gravity and therefore manipulating space much better. To me, that's mm-hmm. where the opening is, is trying to find not the two black holes because, first of all, we know it's hard to make black holes. Second, you're still just dealing just with attraction. So how do you make it all work? But if you have both attraction and repulsion, you've got more knobs to turn. Okay. And the knobs to turn, do they allow you to manipulate like, things Manipulate better. things better. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like this. I like this train of thought better because I like getting myself to the location better. But I think you know the the 3D printing is kind of like that's really the shortcut, right? Yeah, that I talked about. Absolutely. Like, like that's yeah. where we can do that, and we cr- can create like an army of, of people that if we if we could, you know, if you could, you know, it's are, are like, you going down Clone Wars here? I, I was th- I was just about to like okay. if you could really do that, you could create an army of clones. I don't know that I would be the prototype, but I mean, I think we could find one. <laughs> Uh, but I don't like that as much. It, it's yeah. it's weird. Um, I want to be able to take myself and move and it nothing there. else we've done has been weird. No, that's that's <laughs> it. Uh, do anything else to add on this? Did we miss anything? Oh, wormholes. What about wormholes? Can we? Because that was basic. That's basically like a tear in space. You can go. Yeah, from it, one point it's to the exactly other. the same as the that's what stretching and folding. Yeah. 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 So it's same principles. Same principle. Way. Same idea. Just a different way of doing it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we cracked this nut. Are we or are we a little so. far off on this? I think I think we got it. Really? Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the quantum wave okay. we're, gonna, we're gonna go quantum okay yeah. the weird stuff yeah uh, all right if you want to continue this conversation staying away from the dark places Denon, how can i get in touch with you um on twitter at Denon michael mm-hmm. and on facebook at prof p-r-o-f Denon michael got it uh ben what about you on instagram and twitter i am at b-s-i-e-p-s-e-r um, yeah, you can reach me there. And I am the analytical, ma- well, actually, just analytical mastermind on Facebook and the Daniel J. Glenn on Instagram and Daniel J. Glenn on Twitter, three distinct ones to make it incredibly difficult to find me. So another W in the win column for the Brain Trust, which means there's one less real-world problem out there for the citizens of Earth. It is our commitment to excellence to rid the world of all of our technological problems, thus propelling us into the future and we will not rest until that goal is achieved so until that time thank you for listening fascinating gadgets gizmos and gear based technologies is a glencoe production and is produced by me daniel j glenn the fascinating gadgets gizmos and gear based technologies introduction was produced by daniel j glenn and paul springers with music and sound design written and performed by paul springers subscribe to the show on itunes stitcher google play and tune in you can check out this and all the in real life links that we talk about in this episode and the others on the website at f triple g bt.com that's fggbt.com and if you like this show you're going to love all the other things that I do go to danieljglenn.com to find out thank you for listening